Thank you for tuning in to Music Marvels with the Chickwood Beats and Breezy Gibson. I am music producer at Chickwood Beats. And I'm entrepreneur Breezy Gibson. And we're glad that you're with us today. We've got some highlights of some of the things going on in the music industry, some info that you can kind of store away and use to, to plan out what you're going to do for the rest of the year, maybe even next year as well. And of course, there's going to be beats by yours truly. And, you know, I'm just kind of excited to, to do this and share some of this goodness that we got with you. And um, of course, you know, as always, a super huge shout out of appreciation to our home stations, Grander Radio out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Sparks Radio out of Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, yes. Yeah, so without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and bring the show to you.
fam, this is Breezy Gibson from The Breeze Team. How would you like to see an online platform that brings you people who've already indicated that they're interested in your particular type of business? Whether it's your music you're selling, hip-hop clothing, you got a restaurant or a cafe, or if you're an entrepreneur or agent for a business, visit me at breeze2cheese.com. That's using the, the number two, breeze2cheese.com, or click my bio link on my Instagram profile to see a live demo of how this can help you get more customers and make more money. Hey, this is a chick with beats. I am a multi-genre music producer and strategist to indie artists and labels. Visit my website, achickwithbeats.com, for resources for artists and instrumentals available in various genres for songs, vlogs, blogs, podcasts, themes, TV, film, commercials, and more. Once again, that's achickwithbeats.com, A-C-H-I-C-K. W-I-T-B-E-A-T-Z. Let's make something happen. All right, we're back with music industry news. First off, Spotify um, is planning some payout changes to kind of focus on fraud and noise and unpopular tracks. So according to reports from uh, some of the huge music outlets, Spotify is going to be tweaking the payouts in response to all the debates that have been going on in the industry regarding that. So now they're saying that tracks will have to hit a minimum threshold of annual streams in order to qualify for royalty payouts. Now, supposedly, and this is according to Music Business Worldwide, the change will only affect tracks that accounted for about 0.5% of the royalties pool. And so, you know, with non-music noise, having to have a minimum playtime length in order to qualify for royalties, that should kind of alleviate some of those problems. And they're talking about um, enforcing a financial penalty for distributors and labels that actually are associated with fraudulent activity. So, you know, this is for all those people that, you know, maybe they've got what they're calling white noise, brown noise, pink noise. You know, we got all the noise colors out now, but people doing stuff like that to just kind of game the system. They're essentially stealing royalties from actual creators. And so with these changes, hopefully that can kind of alleviate some of that and we can see some more fair payouts. But if you recall, this is actually the same thing um, that's been happening with the artist-centric uh, royalty payments that some of the other organizations have been looking at doing. And so, yeah, it's not that big of a difference. It looks like they're kind of taking a, a play uh, from their book. But hey, you know, anything that can kind of even the playing field a little bit and keep artists from getting uh, shortchanged on that front is always a good thing. Mm. You know, it never ceases. There's always somebody trying to beat the system. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. Because even you know, with those changes, you know, they're probably already thinking of the next way to get around that to do it. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, it's just like good old fashioned um hey let's do this and whatever there's just they're just throwing so many chinks at that trying to pierce the armor and just right. weasel their way in you know without doing the work right wow and you know what if you want to get real about it what you just said kind of applies to some of the mainstream music we've been hearing too so wow. yes we were talking about that fraudulent stuff but you know, you can kind of tell when some of these songs come out that they're gaming the system, trying to get you to at least let it play for those 30 seconds so they can get the royalties and then it's hot garbage. Because, <laughs> you know, it's like 
people will still tune in just to find out why people don't like something. So it still kind of helps them, you know, gain that traction and gain those streams, which is why, and this is just a personal opinion, it doesn't represent <laughs> any of the organizations we're associated with. But it's also one of those reasons why when people say, oh, the numbers don't lie, sometimes they do. So, <laughs> you know, it's not like you can even count I mean, a lot of times they talk about how many albums were sold and they're talking about streaming numbers because of what the equivalent is. But like I say, you know, curiosity can still lead to that. Did people come back to it after they listened? So, I mean, basically, us real artists have a lot <laughs> to kind of fight against, you know, in order to get our fair share of, um, you know, the whole royalty pool when you look at it that way. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well... Uh, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, that could be a whole episode on its own. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we have to make a check check mark on that and come back to that that thought yeah. about the show. Right there. Oh man. Yeah. All right. So Universal Music has posted higher revenue as uh, subscriptions and physical sales picked up. Apparently, Wall Street still wasn't that impressed, but hey, you know, these numbers are still pretty impressive, even though it's not what they were expecting. But um, UMG reported that $2.91 billion in revenue was recorded in uh, the third quarter of the year, which was up 9.9% from the same quarter last year. So subscription streaming revenue increased 13% to $1.15 billion. And their merchandising and other grew 27.5% to uh, around $247 million. And this was actually driven by increased direct-to-consumer sales and higher touring merchandise. So, I mean, sales. So, you know, this is kind of like what we were talking about, hmm, what, maybe a few weeks ago when we were talking about how, like, the super fans actually want something to kind of hold on to. So the fact that you could see that kind of increase by, you know, actually making sure that you have merch for customers. And, you know, once they have a great experience at the concert, you know, of course they want to buy the stuff to take home to kind of commemorate that. So hint, hint, um, any artists out there, if you're, you're making music, you got some merch, whether that's CDs, shirts, cups, whatever you're doing, um, you know, definitely keep that as a part of the game because when people, connect with you and your music they kind of want something to hold on to as well so if universal seeing those kind of returns guess what that means that there's a trend that you can kind of capitalize on as well yeah yeah well um and that's good okay and so now on the sports side especially uh nba basketball for uh the last few years uh, there's been a trend um whether it be beginning of the season or during the season or at the end of the season when the playoffs uh, start taking place. Um, case in point, um, first home game for the Atlanta Hawks NBA team uh, earlier this week. Okay, well, see, um, what the NBA teams do is they, however number many seats they have in the arena, 17,000, 20,000, 22,000, whatever, they order t-shirts in advance. So the night of that game, well, the, the the day of that game, they have a team of folks that, that goes throughout the whole arena and they put the T-shirts on the seats mm -hmm. in their whole arena. And it, it changes the color 
of the arena with those t-shirts on there and same thing so when the when the fans come in they have a choice either put the t-shirt on right then or just keep it in their lap and take it home afterwards okay so there you go you got your memento of that particular event that particular game and all of the teams are doing okay yeah. so uh it comes it comes with the ticket price and you got your 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 walking bill your walking billboard absolutely absolutely um i went to my first nba game in orlando about 15 years ago and that's what they had there um there was a nba star that was playing there at the time who i don't want to mention because <laughs> you know he's got some harassment suits against him and whatnot right now but um <laughs> you know we got there the shirts were on the back and you know hey it was a great time we did throw them on immediately and kept them on for like the rest of the day and i actually kept mine until um i got back in town my little sister was a huge fan of basketball and this particular player at the time so of course you know <laughs> but yeah it was a really cool memento and i was happy to be able to share it with her and same thing you know when you come across fans um after you perform you don't know how long they're gonna hold on to it maybe they'll give it to somebody else it's like hey that's a cool shirt that's a cool cup that's whatever and then that's actually more promotion for you so yeah definitely a good strategy and something to keep in mind <laughs> yeah Hey, so when there there are 15, 17, 21,000 seats in there, man, that's a huge expenditure for it. It uh, really is. It uh, really Lord. is. Mm. <laughs> that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> All right. BMG was hit with layoffs amid restructuring their theatrical and international departments. So they let go around 40 employees um, as they're consolidating their New York and Canada-based recorded music operations into its L.A. office. The company is also shutting down the New York-based theatrical productions and any of the future ventures in film that it was going to do. Um, its international marketing department for recording and its modern recordings label that's based in Berlin were also affected by the layoffs. And this even includes some senior level execs, um, the executive vice president and the senior vice president of Global Repertoire. So, I mean, you know, we've, I feel like we've had more of these stories recently than we had when we first started, um, you know, sharing the music news with you. But, you know, this economy has been pretty rough across the board for a lot of sectors and, you know, music and technology has been one of them. So, you know, it's kind of unfortunate, but hopefully, you know, they can kind of restructure things in a way that um, can kind of help them be profitable and not have to lay off more people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that, that layoff word, you know, it's, it, it can be a nightmare to a lot of folks on both sides. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but then um, for the company ownership as well, you know, I mean, their uh, workforce capabilities get sliced with the, the workers actually kind of take the big part of the slice with their income. And, you know, it's, it's like a no win situation. It's very unfortunate. It really is. Yeah. Because a lot of times, 
um, not necessarily in this particular case, but when we've seen it happen with other music related companies, you notice the huge dip in service and, you know, not to pick on anybody in particular, but, you know, if you kind of do some social listening and see what people are saying about um, who they use for distributors and, you know, okay, I should have made this amount of money. It's not in my account anymore. What did they do with it? Or, you know, maybe one of your, tracks doesn't show up in the store that it's supposed to and it takes a while to get back so I mean a lot of times this does kind of have a ripple effect that you don't necessarily see right away because you're thinking okay well they made the cuts but they still have people there but a lot of times those people are stretched too thin and so sometimes things can kind of fall by the wayside but yeah it's just kind of one of those things you got to wait and see exactly how it's going to affect what they do. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then as far as the employees are concerned, it's one of those roll with the punches. You know, I can raise my hand. That's that kind of thing's happened to me a number of times. And the first time it happened, uh, really caught me off guard. I was working in an office building and I have to I heard some chatter outside. Uh, I think I was on the second or third floor or whatever, and I'm like, what's that chatter? And I, when I looked out the window, there were a, there were gobs of employees out there in the parking lot hugging each other. Wow. Okay, and I'm like, okay, so what's all this about? And you know, and then I noticed some of them were rubbing their faces, and uh, that's when I saw that some of them were crying, actually. Right. Okay, and I'm like, what are they crying about? And it was only about five minutes later when I found out, hey, my whole department, the same thing, you know, and and it, it's, hey, you know, that can be a shocker when they tell you, hey, you know, you living in Georgia, they say, yeah, well, uh. We got some spots for you up in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now who can do that? Right. Uh, and 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 then uh, a few years later, same thing. And instead of Tennessee, they say, "Well, you know, it was an air, it was an airline construction building. I mean, a builder." And they say, "Well, uh, your name Gibson? Yeah. Well, you're laid off tomorrow." Mm. What? Yeah. Well, if you're, you know, hey, you can stay with the company. You know, we got some spots at our location in L.A. Wow. Not <laughs> where the where the cost of living is so reasonable. <laughs> oh, I know. Who's gonna, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you in Georgia? They talk about they got a spot for you in L.A. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge yeah. change. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's always tough, especially this time of year too. So oh man, you know, yeah. it's yeah. definitely with those people. Um, but yeah, so hopefully there will be fewer of these stories going forward. You know, fingers Let's crossed. Hope so. Let's but hope yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Defective Records has signed a gaming deal with Reactional Music. Uh, Reactional Music is currently live in beta right now, but it's working with a number of game developers to license not only music, but technology that personalizes it for players according to what's actually happening in the game in real time. So now Defected has joined its list of partners to license tracks in its catalog, along with Hypnosis Song Management and APM Music, and there's others too, but those are the big names that most of us would probably recognize. So, I mean, technology sounds pretty interesting. I think it'd be fun to kind of test out. If you're a gamer and you get a chance to uh, work with anything they're doing, feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about it. Yeah, do that, do that. (laughs) 
All right. Speaking of hypnosis, uh, we shared, I believe it was a couple weeks ago, that uh, there was a shareholder vote coming up because they were thinking about selling off some of the catalog to their sister company. And apparently they voted against it and they voted against the Music Investment Trust. So more than 83% of votes were against continuing the company. The board has to review options for its future with shareholders and then make proposals within six months. So there's a chance that the trust may be sold if shareholders can't agree and if investors insist. So on top of that, investors also voted against, um, well, yeah, as I mentioned, the $440 million portfolio to Hypnosis Song Capital, which is the sister fund that's run and backed by private equity group Blackstone. And that's because they felt like the price was way too low. So they felt like they were being lowballed. But part of their issue with that is that um, they're concerned about that relationship because Blackstone also co-owns the rival fund that's still buying song rights. So they're thinking that maybe that's why that figure was so lowballed because it'd be in their best interest to uh, buy it for that other fund if that's the case. And you know what? That's a genuine concern. So, you know, I don't blame them one bit for voting that down if they know that they can get more or at least believe that they can. Um, Yeah, because to be advised by someone that also owns a competitor is a really weird setup, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. You know, I mean, there's a lot that goes on in the business world, entrepreneurship, ownership, especially. Case in point, um, just a, a, a regular gas station that I know. Yeah, gas station. Okay, on the corner of a street. All right, so sometimes when you drive by there, the gas price is posted. It can be pretty high. But then about <laughs> five or 600 yards up the street, there's another gas station and sometimes that price is lower yeah okay so oh, okay well no i'm not paying this price i'll just go over here okay and then, and then every so often it's flip-flopped <laughs> so the price on the corner is lower but the price up the street is a little bit higher okay so you stop on the corner right okay but it became unveiled that the same man owned both stations. <laughs> wow. That's what I say. Well, so yeah. similar to this. Okay, so he's he's winning no matter what, because if you go to the if you want low, you're gonna go here. Right. That. Yeah. But then two weeks later, if you want low, you gotta go there. But he owns that. Yeah. I mean great wow. comparison. <laughs> Great comparison. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that they actually made the right call to vote that down. And, um, you know, case in point, recently the shareholders of Round Hills UK fund had overwhelmingly approved Concord buying them out for $469 million. So, like Hypnosis, Round Hill Music was seeing a derating. Um, so they weren't trading like where they wanted to be. And but Concord actually came correct, so they're like, "Hey, this will work." So this lets you know that it's possible. There are companies that are out there willing to give you a fair share for it because, in this particular case, um, the acquisition gave its shareholders a chance to cash out their shares at a significant premium, 
which actually surpassed the highest trading price since the company um, had their initial public offering back in 2020 of November. So, yeah, it lets you know that uh, they know that something better could exist. There's a better offer out there. And yeah, they definitely shouldn't take that one if they believe they can do better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Caveat, caveat emptor. Yeah, absolutely. Let the buyer beware. Mm-hmm. Live Nation has responded to uh, Senator Klobuchar and as far as saying, okay, so she, she wrote them saying that she didn't really feel like they were doing enough quickly to um, implement the all-in pricing and so this she actually penned the letter to uh, Michael Rapino, which is the CEO of Live Nation. And so he said that, in, I mean, not to be funny or anything, but it was basically like, hey, we've done everything that we can do on our end, but you got to tell everybody else to kind of do the right thing. So he was basically saying that Congress needs to push others to do the same. We're not to blame here. So I personally haven't... Uh, seen the changes that they've implemented um yeah i don't i don't know maybe there could be more that they could do right now but i do believe that it's kind of unfair to just kind of pick on them because they're not the only platforms that are doing this so um you know but at the same point it's not something that should need a lot of work to do to just let people know exactly how much they're going to be paying up front you shouldn't have to go through all that to find out that you've got these huge fees tacked on um, at the end of what you thought was going to be, you know, maybe reasonably priced. And, you know, even some of the things that we've shared in some prior stories where, you know, he's actually been quoted as saying, yeah, people are going to pay a lot more to see concerts. That's not something that we actually have to discount. So it does sound like he might be kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth a little bit. But, you know, hey, I definitely support this uh, reform. I think that all that information should be up front. And we'll see how quickly uh, others follow suit. Mm. Yeah, we just, have to, we just have to watch. Yeah. All right, and finally, DistroKid has struck a deal with TikTok Music. So that means that music distributed by DistroKid will be available on TikTok's new premium music platform. And it will also be on TikTok's CapCut and their commercial music library. So, hey, that's always good when distributors can make sure that their customers' plat or music is on every platform that's available if they want to be. So, you know heads up if you're using DistroKid as a distributor then you definitely want to make sure that you get your music there because as we mentioned what TikTok music is now in I believe it was five markets and of course it's still expanding who knows where it'll be you know next time we (laughs) have another episode but yeah definitely a good move and yeah we'll see how many other distributors follow suit yeah yeah that was a good move so Hey man, they 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 got they they got the pedal to the metal right now. They really do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right, that does it for this week's edition of Music Marvels with the Chickle Beats and Breezy Gibson. Once again, we thank you for joining us. We thank you for telling your friends about us and sharing and all the positive feedback we've been getting. 
And, uh, you know, I'm already looking forward to next week. A super huge shout out to our home stations, Grand Radio out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Sparks Radio out of Atlanta, Georgia. And, yeah, I'm already excited for next time. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no, <laughs> between now and then, there's no telling what might break off, you know. So keep it, keep it right here. Keep yeah. Looking. yeah. <laughs> All right. So till next time, you know where to find us. Tune in, tell a friend. We'll see you then. Peace. Peace.